Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely, and welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and I cannot wait to get started today. But before I do, I want to give a quick shout out to Maple Leaf Mama, who left me a beautiful five-star review and comment over on the podcast app. She says, good listening in life. Mummy Republic, Danny, is just a dream to listen to. Good listening in life, what's better than listening to inspiring, heartfelt, real stories and influential conversations that focus on real life journeys, the ups and the downs. Thank you for inspiring me to bring back hashtag the me before mummy every day, not just when I'm burnt out. Danny, I'm hooked on your podcast. Ah, that makes me so happy. Thank you so much for taking the time to write such beautiful words. I know that you've been a big supporter since the beginning and I cannot thank you enough for that. I think it's really important to bring to light a lot of different topics and I love that I have the platform to be able to do so. So thank you again for taking the time. If you would like to do the same, you can jump on over to the podcast app, leave a rating and a review so you can let other listeners know what they're in for. Now, today's guest is, well, look, she was originally asked on the podcast to talk about what it is that she focuses on, and that is health and wellness, Um, talking about fitness and how to have a good, healthy mindset when it comes to food, and she certainly does that. But she actually starts off by letting us know her journey to motherhood through IVF and the experiences that she had with her pregnancies, along with how she found breastfeeding and also just that newborn stage. So we actually cover a lot in this episode, even more so than I've intended, but I cannot wait to share it with you all because I think there's a lot of value in there. So with that in mind, let's get started. Today's mama is the queen of meal prep, rocking activewear on the daily, and wants to help mums regain control of their health and fitness. Welcome to the beautiful Stacey Lapira. How are you? Oh, very good. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm great, actually, sitting here in Melbourne <laughs> with you. You've um, provided me with this amazing platter that I'm <laughs> lusting over. If you hear me chomping in the background, don't mind me. Now, we are going to talk about a few things today, and a lot of it centers around motherhood and health mm-hmm. and fitness, and I think it's a really prominent topic for us. Uh, but first of all, I want to talk about your journey to get to where you were, um, yes. where you are, sorry, and that's your babies. Mm-hmm. Now, you have two beautiful boys. I do. But you had quite a journey to get to them. So yes. you want to tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I knew before we even started having started trying for babies that we would have had to go down the IVF um, journey, I suppose, because 
I never actually, I never got a period. So I never used to ovulate. Ever? Ever. Why? Well, well, not ever. So I got it. Um, so when I was younger, I had it. And then I had anorexia and then it went. Wow. When I got over the anorexia, it did eventually come back. And then I ended up doing a photo shoot, like a fitness photo shoot. And then when I did the prep into that, I ended up losing my period again because my body fat went quite low. So from that photo shoot, I never actually got my period back from that point. So yeah, I never had a period. So we knew that it was going to be a little bit challenging to have our little boys or have babies in particular. So um, we did, we went to an IVF specialist who was like highly, highly recommended. So we went to her and, um, she put us down the Clomid journey. So I don't know if you know anything about Clomid, yes. but it's a horrible, horrible little drug to be taking. And it just really, oh, it, not only does it make you feel like rubbish, <laughs> but in terms of physically, like you put on a lot of weight with that as well. Um, and you're just like you're just continuously angry, upset, you know, you're just not feeling your greatest. So we were, we started off with a Clomid and we did that for probably around about maybe six months. And then we decided that no, it was time to start the IVF process. And Clomid, that makes you or forces your body to ovulate. Is yes. that right? Yes. Yeah, but never actually worked for me. Oh, right. Yeah. So um, then we decided to switch um, IVF specialists and um, then we, yeah, we started down the IVF journey and then... I was so fortunate that with my first, oh my gosh, I've gone blank. With my first, um, oh my gosh. Um, retrieval? <laughs> yes, egg retrieval. Oh my gosh, thank I'm you. <laughs> um, I ended up falling pregnant. So with Hendrix. So I ended up, they only ended up getting, extracting one egg, wow. which ended up being a successful one. So I thought when we first did that and I only got one egg extracted, I was devastated because mm-hmm. I was like, what are the chances of one egg turning into a successful pregnancy? Um, so, yeah, I was just completely devastated. We went on a holiday and then that two-week wait, because you're not allowed to um, – once they insert the embryo into you, you have to wait two weeks before you can then test if you're pregnant. And that two-week wait was – oh, it's the just longest horrible. ever. <laughs> the I'm longest sure. ever. And we went on a holiday in that time. Which was a good distraction, but at the same time, when you're on holidays, you've got a lot of <laughs> spare time. So it was like continuously on the back of my mind, the back of my mind. And we had um, pregnancy tests in our luggage and I was like, should I, shouldn't I, should I? And then um, I ended up calling the City Fertility, which was the um, fertility specialist company that we had gone through. And I was like, can I please just test? And she was like, just do it. It was one day before the two-week wait. Yeah. So I was like, let's do it. And it was successful. And I can't even tell you how happy I was. So that was Hendrix. And then with Presley, um, same thing. Because we only had the one embryo. We had to start all IVF right from the beginning again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So with him, I ended up getting seven eggs extracted. So that was a little wow. bit better than what I had with Hendrix. Um, yeah, so seven eggs extracted and then, um, we inserted one and it was Presley and it was successful again. Oh my, obviously meant to be. Yeah. So, so happy. And then with the, um, with the remaining six, we've got two frozen currently. So it's like, what do we do with the two frozen ones? Another two Um, babies, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) If you ask 
Gara and he's like, insert them now. Insert them now. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, who knows? But, yeah, so that's pretty much how the IVF kind of journey began or started for us, which we were so fortunate to have because I know so many people go through IVF and they don't have that successful outcome, which we did. Mm. And after, you know, the first um, transfers and, you know, successful, I feel very, very blessed. Um, but with the pregnancies, like with Presley, that was like the pregnancy itself was pretty stressful. So we, um, I bled straight through with both pregnancies. Oh, so really? I was, yeah. Yeah. What, what, to what extent? So, so spotting or actual With bleeding? Hendrix, it was just, it was bleeding at the beginning and then it just continued to spotting, but then that ceased at 20 weeks. And then with both pregnancies, because of the bleeding, I wasn't actually allowed to train or anything like that. Oh. Then with Presley, um, what happened with that was at seven weeks, um, I started bleeding again, which, you know, you, you get a little bit nervous because you're like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm bleeding. And then we called my my specialist and he was like, and we had plans the next day to go to Bali. So at seven weeks, the night before we're heading off to Bali, I start bleeding again. And my specialist was like, do not go. We need to monitor you. You need to stay here. We decided against, against. (laughs) Like Bali's calling me. (laughs) We're like, we're just going to go. We need a holiday. So we went to Bali, but then the bleeding started. It was clots. Like (gasps) I'm talking steak size clots started to come out of me while we were there. So we had to go to the hospital while we are in Bali and they basically told us, they told us that there was no heartbeat. We had lost the baby. Oh my God. You just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. It was so bad. It was so bad. And so then we in Bali, we're dealing with the fact that we had lost our baby. Um, we had called um, our specialist and he was, he had given us progesterone to take to help with the bleeding, to thicken the lining. And he was like, you need to stop taking the progesterone because it's, it's, you can't take it if you're not pregnant. And Aaron was like, oh, she's like, I just don't know if I trust these, these doctors. I just mm. don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they said, we can't fly back to Australia until I stop bleeding. And I, my body was just, it just, the whole time, clots upon clots upon clots were coming out. How are you, how were you feeling in this time physically though? Because that, I imagine that would have a huge impact on, you know, your, your blood pressure and everything else. Yeah. So basically I was put on bed rest. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, I've got Hendrix who's raring to go, wanting to do things. So the whole time I was in bed, not allowed oh. to do anything and the times that I was allowed to get up, I was going to the hospital so they could keep checking me and seeing what was going on. Um, so it was a holiday that was just horrendous, to How say the mortifying. least. Mortifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then we ended up – I just felt so bad for Hendrix as well because he wanted to go and explore. We were literally stuck indoors. We had to get nannies the whole time we were there so then they could look after him while I was being rushed off to hospital – Aaron, like the poor thing, was like stuck in between, not knowing what to do, how to help oh, me. Um, yeah, so then we ended up eventually getting back. I was bleeding, but I was like, I can't stay in Bali anymore. I've just got to get back home. So we came home, and then as soon as we landed, we went to see my fertility spe- or my specialist, my obstetrician, and he was like, "There's a heartbeat." Oh, 
Like, hang, how long had you been in Bali going through this? Yep, so this was eight days. Oh my goodness. Yeah, eight days. Yeah, so it's just crazy, just crazy. Because we were like, okay, we've lost, we've lost the baby. But what the funny thing was, Aaron was like, I don't want you to t- stop taking the progesterone. He was like, you need to keep taking it because I just don't know if I'm, I'm just not believing these doctors. I don't believe that this is what's happening to us. Yep. So yeah, we got back and. Yeah, we had Presley was still there. And what was the reason for cuz that's a massive amount of blood yes. and clotting for you to go through. What yeah. was the reason for that? Do you know what? And I don't even it has something to do with my placenta, but I actually don't even know still to this day. I don't know <laughs> the exact reason why. And my doctor always says to me, he thinks my, this is the way my body does respond when I do get pregnant. Like with Hendrix, it was nowhere near as bad in terms of the bleeding and the blood loss and the clotting, nowhere near as bad. But with Presley, it was crazy, crazy, crazy. And the bleeding pretty much continued right through to I think I was about maybe 25, 30 weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's terrifying because I know for me, you know, I'm 16 weeks pregnant and you hear so many horror stories about mm-hmm. what goes wrong and what can happen yep. that I feel like I'm constantly, you know, not not to the extreme, but when I go to the bathroom, if I've had cramping or something that day mm. or, you know, the baby's been moving around, I'll, I'll check. Intuitively, yes. I'll just check to be like, oh, you know, nothing's, yeah, nothing's wrong. Yeah, sure. Because you're always so – it's scary. Like yeah. being pregnant is a beautiful thing, but it's such a scary thing as well for Definitely. some people. and. Yeah, like unfortunately, it well fortunately, like it ended up being an amazing outcome. But yeah, to go through that's pretty pretty tough. Was your obstetrician like I told you so? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was like, <laughs> why did you leave? You should have left. <laughs> oh my gosh! And yeah, now I think, well, God, we were so silly. We were have you so been back silly. to Bali since? We have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've had the most beautiful experience there. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was crazy, crazy. But yeah, IVF, amazing for me. And yeah, if it wasn't for IVF, I wouldn't have my two little boys. So yeah. emotional, like it's a huge emotional roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like because I had those two successful embryo transfers into pregnancies first up, I'm one of the really fortunate ones because I know there are a lot of people that you know, don't have that outcome. Oh, and you definitely hear a lot of horror stories, I suppose, in terms of what people go through. Do you think your experience in Bali is what's holding you back from going again? Do you know what? I think it's so many things. Like I feel like am I ready and prepared if my body does respond like this again? Mm. Because it's so hard, especially when you've got two little ones that you want to be there for, energized for, like, you know, really like engrossed in their world. And then to have that, to be going through something so mentally challenging as well is is hard. So I think that's a real, like, a huge roadblock, roadblock for me. Mm. Um, yeah, just um, can I go through that again um, is a big question mark. And... And then I feel like as well, newborn stage for me is a challenging one. And it's not one that I feel like I naturally fall into. And I feel like the more I get away from that newborn stage, the harder it is for me to go back. back. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Like, yeah, I just feel like some people are so natural at the newborn stage and they just love it. And um, for me, it's not a stage that I really 
truly enjoy. Why's that? I think it's the whole um, not knowing, like not knowing what baby you're going to get. <laughs> and I, I like yep. to be in, in control. Like I'm a bit of a control freak. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing is the baby going to be okay? Are there going to be any complications? Then the baby arriving and then not, are you going to have a baby that's got maybe reflux or, you know, colic or not being able to yep. sleep or like these are, like I have all these worries <laughs> and I sit there and I work myself up when it's like, it may not even happen. Yeah. It's so, such a valid point though, because I think you, like you said before, pregnancy is beautiful and it's an amazing experience, but there's so much that can go wrong. Mm. And then when you have a newborn, it's exactly the same. You know, there's yes. so many things you've got to worry about, SIDS and reflux yes. and all these things that you have no control over. Exactly. So it, it is. It's terrifying. And teaming yeah. that with a whole lot of emotion from your end, yeah. It's, yeah, it can be quite an explosive combination. 100%. And I think with me as well, my experience with breastfeeding the first time with Hendrix, so I breastfed for six months, but I can honestly say that was the hardest six months of my life. Like I didn't enjoy, I didn't feel that bond between us two yeah. when you're meant to, I suppose, when you're breastfeeding and you hear all these beautiful stories of, you know, mums and their babies, you know, really bonding in that time. And I didn't feel that. If anything, it really stressed me out. I was like, am I pr- producing enough milk? you know, why is he taking so long to feed? And, you know, um, and then you feel like you're literally just on the couch feeding all day, every day. So yeah, that was another thing that I really found quite stressful for me. And that's why I made that executive choice at the beginning with Presley that I wasn't going to breastfeed. Yeah. And um, I think to make that decision was really hard because I thought it was going to be, I was going to be judged upon by Mm. that, especially the midwives at the hospital, um, you know, family, friends, I thought they might judge me on that. But everyone was so – everyone was just like, you know, you do you and do whatever feels right. And that was really, really refreshing because I didn't think that was the response I was going to get. Absolutely. I think because for so long we were always told breast is best. Yes. And it's been that – that message has been drilled into new mums from the beginning and I yep. think – we're definitely evolving in that space, but we still don't talk about how hard breastfeeding is because oh, it is bloody hard. It's so hard. And I think a new mum especially, they don't realise that mm. it can it can be something that you can find really challenging. It may not become natural natural you know for you. And it's okay if you decide that it's not the road you want to go down definitely um yeah so I think I put that so much pressure on myself so I was like no I have to do it I have to do it because I felt like I was almost failing as a yes. mum if I didn't so yeah I was just like Stacy, just do it and I, and I remember it was like okay I'll just get to the month one I'll get to four weeks of doing it then I got to that and I was like okay maybe I'll just do another month so it was like oh I was just having these little mini goals and then at six months I was like okay I am well and truly no more goals. I am done. So yeah. yeah. And then with Presley, I was just like, nah, let's just, I ended up taking the pill, that tablet that you can't dry up your, or like stop your milk from coming yep. through actually. Yep. So I took that at the hospital and it allowed me to just really enjoy Presley and not stress about the breastfeeding side of things. And I will do that a thousand times over because I think I just really enjoyed him more as a baby as opposed to stressing about breastfeeding yeah which 
is so worth it because, mm. you know, the things that they put in formula now, we're so advanced. Yep. The child is not missing out. You know, if you can breastfeed, great. If you can't or you choose not to, that's completely fine. 100%. And I think we need to make sure that we're really conscious of our own judgment of not only ourselves but other people as well because what is the point in stressing and ruining that newborn experience for yourself just to breastfeed what works for you that allows you to enjoy that you know enjoy those you know the newborn phase because i mean yeah, it does go so so quickly it does. and that's another thing i keep on saying to myself well if we have another newborn phase it's just so short Yes, so it is. Short. Yeah, it is. And then they're off terrorizing yes. everything. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which is like I'm at the stage now where both of them, like, so Hendrix is three and Presley's, and they're at that age where they're just into everything. But I love it. Like I love this age so much. <laughs> like I love, you know, running around with them and you know being active with them and yeah, it's just fun. And having two boys, they're very well and truly very out there active so yeah yeah and they're they're so cute (laughs) they are i'm very biased but yes they are (laughs) i'm not so i'm I'm allowed to say it that's actually um a great segue Mm -hmm. into i suppose your lifestyle because you have a very active lifestyle um and you're actually in business with your hubby yes what is it that you do yeah, so we have two gyms. So our gyms are more so. So yep. we do um, like strength and conditioning, CrossFit, uh, boot camps, boxing, mums and bubs classes. So yeah, so it's more of a personalized fitness club. And like we know our members on like on a personal level. And it's just, it's honestly like a family, like our, both our gyms are just like a real family unit where we know everyone and everyone gets along. You know, we've had people, you know, meeting and marrying from our gyms. Like it's just oh, so cute. That. Yes, it's so <laughs> cute. Um, yeah, it's a really cool community that we've got going on. Yeah, it's it started from Aaron, I must admit. Like this was his thing that he started running boot camps just from parks. And I was a school teacher, so I was a secondary school teacher. Oh, wow, I yeah. never knew that. And um yeah, and then he was getting really busy with running boot camps from for an outdoor premises. And then he was like, oh, do you mind getting a PT certificate so you can help me? And I was like, sure, because I was obviously into fitness. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I did end up getting my PT certificate whilst I was teaching. And then once I was qualified, I then stuck into it. But, like, my days would start off, I would start off at, like, 3.30 a.m. I would go train myself, go run boot camps, from boot camps, go do teaching. From teaching, go run boot camps again, then I'll come home. So as you oh can imagine, <laughs> it was chaos. It was absolute chaos. And then we're like, okay, something has to give. So we ended up deciding that I would stop teaching and just fully engross myself in the business. I love that. So how many years ago was that? Oh, geez. So probably around about eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. And you were always into fit before getting yeah. a PT? Yeah. So I... Different kinds of fitness, basically. So all through like my childhood, I was a dancer. And then once I quit dancing, I then got into um, just doing classes kind of thing. Lots of classes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then from then I met Aaron and then he was my PT. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> the yes, plot thickens. <laughs> Love that too, just quietly. I know. Hey? And then 
yeah, and then I got into weight training. So he introduced me to weight training and that's where my heart lies. Like I love weights and kind of movement really. Like anything that yeah, just gets your – because it's really my mental sanity is yeah. my training. So that's yeah. my way to kind of switch off and give a little bit back to me. That's yeah. my thing that I like to do. What's it like working with your husband? Oh, <laughs> Oh my goodness. You're in a safe um, space. He's not home. You can answer. <laughs> it is challenging. It is challenging. Yeah. And I think I find it more challenging than what he does purely because I'm not at taking instruction from him. <laughs> like, I just, oh, he tells me something to do and I just almost like a bite back, like a little chihuahua. Like, <laughs> You're so tiny and he's so big too. So that's yes. a great analogy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So look, because we have the two gyms, Quite often we're at the separate locations. So I'm at one gym, he's at the other. We do come together. Our staff are like, oh gosh, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Because it's funny. Like we do work so well together, but do butt heads a lot. But we've been working together for so many years now. So we must be doing something right. Oh, and I think it probably comes from a place of passion. You're both um, very passionate about what you do. So that that (laughs) surely translates through. Yeah. Now – you find it's your mental yes. space. Yes. What do you think holds women back from focusing on their health and fitness? Because I think for a lot of us that we want to do or mm-hmm. we know that we should do and yep. it just doesn't happen. Oh, so many things. I think mum guilt. I think a lot of the time some mums feel as though they can't go and train because they feel bad for leaving their children. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time I think mums feel like they don't have the time mm-hmm. where I feel like it's about they haven't made it a priority because yeah. I think we all have the time if we really want to make it. And I think that's – I don't always say this to all of my clients. I say if you really want something, you'll make time for it. And if you look back at your life, what you're prioritizing – is what is important to you. So if you're not prioritizing, you know, healthy eating, if you're not prioritizing, you know, getting out and even walking, then that's obviously not an important thing for you to be doing. For me and for all of our clients, you know, health and fitness is one of my highest values. Probably, yeah, one of my highest because I know when I'm feeling good, when I'm feeling healthy, then everything else is really well in my life. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just feel like it is mums in particular do feel like they don't have time they feel overwhelmed and a lot of the time when they do feel overwhelmed training and fitness can be one of the first things to go definitely yeah so that's pretty much what what the patterns that i've seen with if when something stressful happens in people's lives the first thing is okay i'll just stop going to the gym or Mm. i'll just start resorting to eating whatever instead of really looking after the food and eating foods that actually fuel my body and make me perform at my peak yeah so. Now, you you are, in my opinion, the queen of meal prep. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, honestly, I have so many of your recipes screenshot <laughs> that uh, I keep convincing myself, oh, when I go on maternity leave, I'll be able to actually, you know, see my grocery list and make these. Um, and you've just prepared me this amazing platter. Um, how do you time to do that? What does that look like for you on a weekly basis? Because that's huge and that's mm-hmm. really part of the whole nutrition. And- yeah. In terms of meal prep, I... Look, you can do it in so many different ways. There are some people that really like to dedicate like a Sunday to meal prepping. And for me, I don't find that viable 
because Sunday is generally a fam. Mm. So um, I really like to, I mean, if I spend my Sundays cooking, there's a big chunk of my Sunday all getting the most of the time because that's pretty much our only day off as a family. Yeah. So for me, a way for me to meal prep is when I'm cooking, for example, like I might be make a massive batch of like roasted vegetables for argument's sake. I'll make sure I've got like make a massive batch of it, portion it out, put in containers and then throw it in the fridge and then it's ready to go. It's always about um, if you look at my recipes, they're always very fast, very easy and require no fuss whatsoever and don't require a lot of like appliances or ingredients like I'm going to simplify food and meal prep as much as I can because I know us mums are so busy so time poor and yeah we just don't have the liberty to be in the in the kitchen all the time so I always just try and keep it as simple as possible and you know food doesn't have to be extravagant it's just about making sure you're fueling your body the right way and quite often that in just involves more simpler kind of meals Mm. and a lot of my meals are quite simple like but they do the job and I think that's really important like a lot of my one pan dishes where you just literally chuck everything in the one pan or the one dish throw it in the oven and it cooks itself Mm. so I'm all about just really convenient anything that's convenient I'm all over and this is what I love I feel like you're very much an untapped resource because (laughs) There's so many fitness bloggers and lifestyle yes. bloggers and fitness programs and all of these meal prep things. Um, and I know in the past I've looked into it and, you know, the recipes are just oh, can't insane. Even deal. Yeah. And it's all about making it simple and quick and easy because the reality is that's when people are going to be more inclined to do it. So yeah, 100%. I, I love your recipes and I love what those protein balls that you make all the time. <laughs> so many protein balls um yeah and this is the thing i think we can with protein like balls for argument's sake like we spend so much money on buying them out Mm. and they're so easy to make and just figure out a really quick easy recipe and then just put it together like it doesn't require a lot of effort and i mean i've in the past like years and years back used to buy recipe books and I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, make these, right? Look at the ingredients. And it's like this long, long list. And mm. I'm like, I'm not going to go to the supermarket and just buy, you know, one ingredient for one dish. So I'm all, yeah, I'm just about convenience. And I think that's the biggest key um, for just making sure your food is, yeah, just easy for us to be prepping. Do you have a particular meal plan in terms of keto or no. paleo or no? Yeah, what are no, your I... <laughs> There's so much of that are out. Like there are so many different diets and fads. And again, I always ask when my client comes up to me and they're like, I'm thinking of doing this. My always, the first question I'll ask them is long-term. And that's a question that I I think a key question question that we need to be asking ourselves. Because if you're starting that you're going to go keto and eliminate all carbs from your diet. It's a firm no from me. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And me. Like bread is life. Like give me the bread. Um, Like, yeah, if the answer is no, then you should not even be going down that rabbit hole. Do not even contemplate doing it. And I think so many of us look at, you know, fitness bloggers or whatever it is and, and we see what they're doing and like, and they look, they may look physically great and you're like, okay, yep, I'm going to do exactly what they're doing because I'm going to look like that. And the reality is you're not going to look like that mm. because everyone's genetic may be completely different. Everyone's circumstances is completely different. So, I mean, you could literally copy someone's diet day in and day out for a whole year 
And I can guarantee you, you're not going to look the same. Your legs might be smaller than theirs. Um, they might have a faster metabolism. You know, they might be at, they may be weight training and you may not. Like there are so many different factors to take into account. And this is why it's so important. Always be true to you and listen to what your body is telling you. Mm. Listen to what the messages your body is giving you. And I think that's the biggest takeaway because if you eat something and your body's not responding well to that, don't eat it. Mm. Like, yeah, like they always say your stomach is your second brain. And I really do believe that because our stomachs are continuously telling us, you know, giving us signals after we eat. And it's just about really being in tune with that and listening to that. That's such amazing advice and so simple. So simple. We constantly get told and this is the new thing that's going to help you feel a million times better. And I think it's also take what someone else is doing with a grain of salt because you don't know what they do on a daily basis. Exactly. You know what they tell you. Yeah. And so many people, you know, I know they say on their social media that they actually do X, Y, Z, but behind you know, the camera, they're actually not doing that. So I think it's so important for people to really just do feels right for you and eat foods that, you know, agree with you as well. Mm. So yeah, really, really important. I think we are in a society where we're continuously overcomplicating things. Mm. And I think nutrition is one of those ones where we're continuously just overcomplicating. And, Mm. you know, with us females, we feel like there, there has to be a magic pill in order to, you know, to, lose the weight and in actual fact there's no magic pill like it just requires hard work and consistency you know it, we want results fast and we want it now mm. and we need to learn to be patient providing you're doing the right things oh i that resonates with me so much i remember there's definitely been times in my life where i've googled yes. how to lose weight fast yeah or, do you know what i mean because you've got an event coming up or you've got something going on and we have that pressure on ourselves yes all the time yeah now you touched on before that some of it is and can be quite emotionally driven you know if somebody's overeating or they're undereating, it could be because of emotional issues do you feel like that should be addressed first or you feel like when you start it will kind of work in conjunction with that oh this is a tough one I feel mm-hmm. like honestly our internal dialogue and the way we view ourselves is paramount does it matter how much weight you lose and you get to that, you know, that dread, that goal weight on the scales, if you're not internally happy, nothing's going to make you happy. And I, I see this all the time. Like I see, oh, when I get to this weight, I'm going to be, you know, really happy. Or when I look a certain way, or, you know, when I get um, a certain status at work, I'm going to be happy. But none of these will make unless you are mentally internally happy with the person you are. And that honestly is so it's hard work. It is hard, hard work and a lot of, I think, person needs to be going on more so than, you know, the foods you're eating. We really need to, it's something that um, we don't often take the time to do and we really need to. I think we're so easily into, you know, buying a weight loss um, meal plan or something like that. When in actual fact, we should be really looking internally how we're feeling and really working on maybe putting some money in towards even seeking some help. Like, you know, I think people think seeing a psychology counselor is a bad thing, but I don't necessarily think it is. Oh, absolutely. I think it's such an undervalued resource because it's got that stigma around it of there's something wrong with me if I'm reaching out for help. But let's be real. There's something wrong with us. Yeah, 100%. 
like everyone's got their own insecurities going on. Every single person does. No matter what you see on Instagram or social media, Mm -hmm. everyone has their own insecurities, their own hearts they're dealing with. We just have to really realize that and stop putting people on pedestals and think that they're so much better than us because we're all the same. We all literally go through the same emotions in life. We all have insecurities. We all cry. We all get angry. We all, you know, suck a traffic light. There's no, no one's more <laughs> superior than others. Yeah. And I think we are in a society where we do tend to put other people on pedestals when that's, we shouldn't be. Like we're all literally the same, all human. We all have to deal with, you know, children that are tantruming. Like we're all going through the same emotions. Mm. So I think, yeah, really focusing on us is so, so important. What would your advice be for somebody who's looking to it and doesn't yep. really know how? Oh, do you know what? Find something you love to do because then it will never feel like a chore. Mm. You know, if you really love to walk, start off just walking and you may only do like maybe three or four walks a week and that might be enough for you. And then you might increase the duration that you're walking for or maybe you might increase the the amount that you walk during the week. So I think it's just always starting small and don't – um want to overhaul your whole lifestyle at one go because you won't know where to start and you won't enjoy the process. So it's all about these small little goals every single day. What can you do today that you didn't do yesterday? That is going to be, that is going to benefit you. You know, yeah, finding an exercise routine that you enjoy. So trust trying to find something you enjoy doing. Walking, running, skipping, you know, whatever it skipping. is. <laughs> you see someone that skipping. Skipping. <laughs> you know, whether it be, you know, um, Weight training, whether it be cardio, just find something you enjoy doing. When it comes to food, you know, like just start off really basic, like Mm. just with your basics. Um, You know, I think like all women need to have adequate enough protein in their diet. So I think that's something that we generally don't have enough of. And like protein really is our muscle mass. And the more muscle mass we have, the better it is for us. So yeah, I think protein is one of those macros that because we don't typically crave protein we generally may not have enough of it in our diet so yeah basics yeah be, be kind to yourself as if you have said at the start of the week i'm going to get to the gym three days a week and you only get there once don't hate on yourself mm-hmm. just be kind be gentle and go okay i didn't get there this week i'm gonna try. i love that i love all three of those things i think mm-hmm. that's such amazing advice because we tend to overcomplicate it and yep. we we do we wake up and we go all right monday is the day it's gonna yes. start i'm going to start going to the to have this amazing incredible diet and i'm gonna do all of these things mm-hmm. and then come thursday maybe yes. it hasn't gone to plan and then it's oh all right I stuff this yeah yep, give I'm up done. And this is what I think the cycle, they put so much pressure on on themselves and they want to do everything all at once. And then it just sets them up for failure. So I think it's just really maybe just focusing on your water intake. I'm going, okay, I'm going to aim to increase my water intake, you know, to maybe two liters, two and a half. And then once you get packed, to go, okay, all right, maybe I can increase it to three or maybe I'll start, you know, trying to get an additional serve of veggies in today. Like it's just something so, so simple Mm. that can make a massive difference. And it's often these small changes that you make can end up making the big impact on you. So, you know, you might go, okay, instead of get um, eating out, you know, three times this week, I'm only going to eat out once. And you look forward to it more as well. So, yeah, I think it's just about those really small steps, small goals, and don't over, um, don't put too much pressure on yourself. 
God, I wish I knew that. (laughs) I probably didn't listen at the time anyway, but I think it's, yeah, such amazing advice. Now, one thing that I am a huge advocate for making sure that you give back to yourself in a lot of different ways, but also to reconnect that you were before kids because Mm -hmm. we quite often lose that person when we become a mum and I like to call it the me before mummy. Love it. What is it that you do to reconnect with Stacey pre-kids? Yeah, so I actually love this question because I think it's so sweet because I think mums can often put themselves on the back burner, Mm. especially once you have children because your whole focus is, you know, your children. Um, So I actually try and do a couple of things. So obviously the first one is training. I said before that is my go-to, my mental clarity. It is my own, uh, yeah, my own therapy really. So I always, so I do four weight, no, five weight sessions a week and then I try and walk every day as well. And my walking is literally, I just chuck in a podcast and I'll just go for a walk. And it's just my time to, you know, just tune into myself, educate myself a little bit, not actually being asked from anyone else to do anything. Oh, you know, I love that you said that. That's exactly the reason I like going for walks and just to switch off and not have anybody want anything from me. Yes. It's bliss. Absolutely. Yep. So I really like that time. Um, And I kind of read. Like I used to love reading before I had children and I used to read all the time. When I had the kids, I had never even picked up a book. And I was like, you know what? Then this year I was like, you know what? I'm reading again because it was something that used to bring me so much joy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I try and read as well. Love that. Just because, yeah, again, you get – you get involved like a different world and you kind of forget about everything else that's going on externally or, you know, and your mind's getting stimulated. And I feel like it's really important as well, especially for mums, because quite often we can just be focusing on kids, mm. you know, and, you know, what they're eating, you know, what they're doing in terms of activity wise. And we're not actually stimulating our own brain. And I felt like at one stage I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm really, like, going dumb. Like, I felt like I was just like, you know, like my brain wasn't getting stimulated at all. And I was like, gosh, I've got to just try and, you know, like get back into the things that I used to do, reading yeah. and, um, you know, podcasts. And podcasts are a great one. All the time, you know, you may not be able to sit there and read a book, but you can even, like, just search a big topic in the mm. podcast app. And there's so many different podcasts will come up and you're like, wow, okay, I'm going to focus on learning a little bit more about this today. So I think podcasts yep. are very underrated um, resource that is free to us. Great plug. <laughs> I know. Thank you. I know. <laughs> but it's so true. And, it, and there's so many podcasts oh out there. And this is, this is the thing, you know, there's hundreds and thousands to choose from. Yes. But literally get education at the snap of your fingers yep. um, or get comfort or whatever it is that you're looking for. Yes really really easily and definitely. 100% and it's I think podcast is something that has is evolving mm. um, and more people are becoming more familiar with it because I feel like back when I used to listen to them everyone was like what's a podcast yeah whereas now I feel like more people are getting a little bit more in tune to it which is great mm. but yeah like on in all honesty you can search for any subject you like and learn so much about it whether it be relationships whether it be health you know your particular podcast again little plug is amazing like <laughs> love this I'll pay you later <laughs> <laughs> but like so good to hear from other mums because I yep. think we can learn so much from other mums that have gone through different experiences because everyone's got their own little story to tell definitely Definitely. Yeah. Storytelling is so powerful and I say that all the time, but I think it's really, you know, when you're going through something, you want to know that 
someone's been there before. Mm-hmm. This is what they did. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're not alone. And that's the key message, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much to the beautiful Stacey Lapira. It has been an honour having you on here. <laughs> um, and if you can, if you want to follow more of Stacey's journey, I will put her details in the show notes. You can check her out and steal some of her delicious recipes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we certainly covered a lot of ground with that one. Gosh, Stacey is just as amazing in person as she is on the gram. And I can't stress enough how much I feel like she is such an untapped resource. You know, she gives such amazing advice and discusses a lot of health and fitness tips on her Instagram for free, along with sharing recipes. And I think that that's such an amazing thing to give back to a community, especially if somebody's not sure where to start out. So I love everything that she's doing in the health and wellness space. A few things that I took away from our conversation, and look, I'm going to keep this brief because I think she covered it really well, but don't overcomplicate meal prep or when it comes to anything with your food. Focus on a variety of foods and make sure whatever diet that it is that you want to try, it's something that you have the ability to stick to long term. Find ways to make it simpler for yourself and don't overcomplicate the process or the recipes. It's not needed. When it comes to reaching a goal, Stacey's all about keeping it small. Keeping it small and realistic. Those small little steps and small goals will help you change for the long term and achieve that consistency that we're all after. Could be increasing your water intake. It could be cutting down your takeaway. All of those little things add up to make a very big difference. And last but not least, do not put too much pressure on yourself. In a society where we're driven to be perfect, just remember that you will never look the same as the girl on the Instagram screen or the girl you've been eyeing off at the gym who has those amazing legs. Everybody is different genetically, physically, mentally, emotionally. All of our lives are different. So stop trying to achieve somebody else's success and find your own. If you would like to follow more of Stacey, you can jump over to Instagram and find her at Stacey underscore Lapira underscore Mummy Revival. And you can also find links to her website. Now, before we wrap up, I want to give a quick shout out to username at Jessie underscore Jade, who tagged me in a hashtag, the me before mummy post, showing her enjoying a relaxing Sunday afternoon, getting a pedicure all on her own. Good on you, mama. It's a great opportunity to take some time for yourself and invest in a little bit of self-care. If you would like to do the same, you can jump on over to Instagram and share what it is that you do to reconnect with yourself pre-children by using the hashtag the me before mummy and tagging myself at mummy republic so that you can share with me and other mamas what it is that you do to give a little bit back to yourself. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath Take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.